Hello and welcome to the Across the Pod podcast as part of the Sail Again Network. I'm Andy and I'm here for a week full review and with me I've got a first time guest on the podcast. From Kansas City we've got with us Emerson Beery. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you this morning? Great, thank you. Yeah, just just woke up. Was uh, spent the last few days in Indianapolis. I went to the Colts game on the Sunday, so I'm just using this last day I've got today to um, make to make the most and to see what else the place has to offer. I love that, man. Well, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're getting to see America. That's a super yeah. fun uh, vacation you got planned there. They got a few more months, and uh, yeah, I'm going to the Chiefs Bills game in a couple of weeks, like I was telling you before the show, and I'm super pumped about that. Yeah, I mean that. I'll say to you before that. I think that could be generally one of the games of the year. I think that it's, um, you know, it's two teams in the Bills are the favourites to win it all. You could argue probably still are. Um, and the Chiefs, you know, they started the season really well. I mean, they will mention their game later on, but they were at their best on certainly offensively on the game on Sunday. So it's um, that's going to be especially on offense, going to be a real lights out game. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what, I, what I think is the next. Uh, Brady Manning in, in the home to Josh Allen. I think these two are the face of the, of the sport, especially the way it's gone offensively. Um, I think these two, especially when Rodgers and Brady retire, these two are going to be the main two guys. They're going to be the, the go-to guys for people buying jerseys and stuff like that. So I think these two are just absolutely outstanding. They probably are two of the best three quarterbacks in the league right now. I think the best two, but you know we can argue. Jalen Hurts is playing fantastic. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of guys right now. I think Justin Herbert's gonna is gonna write the ship this year. With the, even with the injuries to Los Angeles, I still think he'll get my Chiefs a hard time. But at the end of the day, I think it will come down to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen again. So, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And of course, your fellow five yard rush writer. So do check out both mine and his work on um online. Um. So we do normally try to get guests each week to come on who support the team that the Dolphins play, but our Bengals fan this week couldn't make it. So we are going to review this game. Of course, I was there for that game, uh, a game which in the end was won by the Bengals. Despite Miami leading in the fourth quarter, the Bengals did up winning 27-15. But of course, the score didn't really matter after what happened in the, in the second quarter involving that horror injury to Tua Tangabailoa, who suffered a con- concussion for the second time in less than seven days um, and yeah the Bengals in the fourth quarter the Dolphins seemed to run out of gas the Bengals just completely just in the fourth quarter especially ran the show Burrow and T Higgins um, seemed to be the main two in this game Tyree Kill still had the most yards he was having a great game even without scoring a touchdown but of course yeah that injury to Tua I mean I was watching it from the stadium no one really knew what was going on we saw him down you know no one could tell whether it was from where we were sitting anyway whether it was a the back injury again, whether it, no one thought that's a concussion again and no one even thought about that until I checked my phone and saw on Twitter that was what was happening. And it did sort of take this thing out of the game for me. I mean, the stadium itself, great atmosphere, uh, but in terms of the game itself, it was completely ruined because that's all I could think of, at least. The Bengals fans probably weren't thinking the same way, but as me, the only Dolphins fan anywhere near anyone in, in the stands, um, yeah, it did sort of ruin it slightly. But... Yeah, what are your thoughts? There's been a lot of media coverage on it the last few days, the whole fact that I think the, the doctor's already been fired by the NFL for his involvement in it, and I think there's more investigations, I believe, still going on, involving what happened with the medical staff and how he was allowed to play. What are your thoughts on on the whole situation involving that tour situation? 
Um, you know, obviously, I hope he gets better quickly. You know, that was scary to see. It kind of reminded me of the Donald Parham uh, play la- at the end of last season where uh, Donald Parham's uh, arms locked up over his body kind of in a, in a similar way as Tua. And, yeah, you know, it just, you know, obviously there's some uh, – there's some, you know, there's some holes in uh, the NFL's concussion protocol, you know, that they uh, Cameron Brait was able to go back into the game after suffering a concussion against the Chiefs uh, this past Sunday. So I'm sure that they're going to work on that. Um, as far as uh, the two injury for fantasy implications, um, it is uh, a Tyreek Hill. You know, we saw him still have success with Teddy Bridgewater. I still think you can fire him up as a uh, high end wide receiver one still. I, I, you know, I still think he has a high ceiling and a high floor candidate, but I think this is going to hurt Jalen Waddle. I, you know, I, I just don't think there'll be enough volume on a Teddy Bridgewater offense if, if uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be the main guy. I think Jalen Waddle could is still very talented and can just break one off at any time. So he could still have some big weeks. But, you know, you were definitely hoping that Tua comes back soon for these guys' fantasy sake. Uh, it, you know, it also appeared that uh, Raheem Mostert is uh, taking over, uh, you know, it appears that he's t- taking the lead of this backfield. Uh, Chase Edmonds, if you if you drafted him, you could put him on the bench this week. In my opinion, I'm I'm, if, you know, most sorts of st- uh, flex option this week for me. On the other side, Burrow, uh, you know, it's it's surprising to me this target share with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. It really is. I just figured that I thought Jamar Chase would still you know still do- dominate in targets, and I thought it would be T. Higgins maybe the one that would be a fringe. You know, is he starter most weeks? But uh, Joe Burrow's been fantastic, and uh, you know, for at least fantasy's sake, uh, at least getting these guys going. And it's just, yeah, T-, T. Higgins has been fantastic every week. He's he's been getting, he's got a higher target share than Jamar Chase on the year. So it's just, you know, these guys were a lot closer than we originally anticipated. I'm firing them both up as uh, wide receiver ones this week, but there's only a few spots separating them in my rank, in my wide receiver rankings. I still have Chase ahead by a little bit, but if this keeps up, we might have to rethink that. Yeah, I think looking at the Dolphins' schedule, I mean, we've had really the four hardest game on paper um, before the season started. Everyone was visiting these four games as being our toughest until at least week 13. So our next few games are, we've got the Jets away next. We've got the Vikings, which is probably our hardest game until week 13. Then we've got the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, a bye week, and then the Texans. So I think in terms of the Dolphins as a team, but also anyone who owns players on fantasy, I think that if you're going to be injured, your callbacks can be injured. It might as well be now because it's the best time to have it because these teams, I think Bridgewater, he has his faults. I'd be very vocal of that with people recently. But, you know, these games are way winnable on paper. I think the Vikings is the one where you're a bit, "Mm, I will also be there. So hopefully they get a win. I've not seen Miami win yet in person. Um, But apart from that, you know, Steeders, um, haven't looked great on offense. The Lions show a lot of fight, but they're not winning games. The Bears are the Bears. Um, Justin Fields isn't exactly doing well. And the Browns, I think, have looked good with Brissett, and that could actually be a tough game. But we know ourselves last year, having Brissett in our team, that he's not the answer either. So, yeah, I think that, you know, I'm very relieved that if it's happening now, if it happened in preseason or even after week one, I'd be a bit worried. But we beat the Bills, beat the Ravens, and I think we would have beaten the Bengals if Tua was playing. Um, so, yeah, I think overall the positive start to the season. And I think in terms of Tyree Kill especially, he got all those yards without scoring a touchdown. So I think that shows that he can be really be the guy for you. And I think he probably is, for me, apart from Cooper Cup, probably the best option on fantasy right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's right in the conversation with uh, Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson and, uh, yeah, everybody else as well. So, uh, Cooper Cup. So, 
I really like Tyreek Hill, but yeah, it's hard to, it's honestly, it's with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, it's hard to trust any other Dolphin starters at the moment. Um, like I said, Jalen Waddle, of course, he's, he's a low end wide receiver too in my rank. He's just starting. I just think, you know, he's doesn't have that top 10 upside anymore with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And then of course, um, yeah, the running back situation is a little bit of a mess. It's definitely a committee. Uh, but like I said, uh, Mostert is my preferred option going forward over Chase Evans. Yeah, definitely. Just one final thought on this game before we do move on. Um, obviously, going back to the Tua injury, I, I think that I was certainly outraged at the time. I was very vocal in my WhatsApp groups about why he was allowed to play even against the Bills, let alone this game against the Bengals. But Joy Taylor made a very good point, and I want to go on this because she made a good point. And I think the only person I know I've seen do it was um, our previous guest from last week, Charlie, um, that... No one mentioned this injury, uh, this concussion before the game. I mean, all the talk before the game was his back injury. I don't recall anyone in the media, anyone online except for Charlie, even mentioning the concussion side of things. And I think, I do think that, you know, if nothing had happened in this game involving the concussion, it wouldn't have been mentioned in my eyes. I don't, I don't think people would have mentioned it. I think it's only because it's happened that people are starting to mention it. And I do, I do think that that is a big thing. And I think that whilst, you know, as you, as you say, I, I don't think it's you no. Know, I don't think Dolphins have done wrong. I think they're following the protocol, which, as you say, isn't exactly the best. And I think that needs a massive overhaul. Rather than you know, there's been a lot of criticism on Twitter about the Dolphins how they run it, but then, yeah, I think there's been a lot of teams that have done it and they just they found the loophole. And I think it's exactly what happened with this game. Um, yeah, the independent uh, neurologist, I believe, uh, when Sunday, uh, when Tua uh, potentially suffered that first con- concussion, uh, ruled that he didn't have, it, I believe, let him back in the game. So he, people maybe just didn't think that he had a concussion that game. Um, it certainly looked, it appeared he did initially. And then, uh, but yeah, he was, he went back in the game and it was ruled that it was a back, you know, a, I forget what they used. They used, uh, they used a back, it was a back injury that they said. And, um, but, you know, obviously, of course, when we first saw it on the field, it certainly did look like a head injury. And, you know, it certainly is telling that I believe, you know, that maybe that neurologist was fired. I know somebody was fired and I, I, I you know, I apologize for not knowing exactly who that was, but um, so, you know, obviously, you know, the NFL felt, you know, instead of just putting somebody on leave, they did feel like a mistake was, um, was made and they could tell early enough just to go ahead and fire somebody. So, Obviously, uh, you know, it's hard to say what happened, but, you know, two of most, you know, certainly uh, you'd hope for the best. And I hope he's back on the field, uh, you know, as soon as he can be. Yeah. And I think he's been already ruled out for this week. Yeah. Um, I, there's no real timeline, I don't believe, on when he's coming back. So I don't know when that will be. Um, yeah. Hopefully he comes back and it doesn't affect his career, not just, you know, in the next year, the next, even his whole career. Looking at his, as a person, I think I'm hoping this doesn't, affect him like we've seen with so many athletes in the NFL or any sport for that matter rugby's been a big one recently and I'm hoping that this doesn't affect him long term either because as great as winning games is someone's health is far far more important than anything that goes on on the field um, but moving on to our other games that took place in week four uh, after the London game took place um, this week the first one of the year in a very exciting game, maybe the best ever London game, as uh, the Vikings won 28-25 with a last gas field goal from the Saints. Um, the second ever edition of the double doink, as they <laughs> missed out on tying the game, taking it to overtime, and um, you know, in a game that would, I think, yeah, definitely is one of the best, if not the best ever London game. The Falcons narrowly beat the Browns with a 23-20 win. Uh, the Cowboys defense ran the show as the Cowboys won 25 to 10 over the Washington Commanders. 
a thriller took place in Detroit as the Lions ended up losing out to Seattle by 48 points to 45. And then the Bears lost 2012 to the New York Giants as the Giants' strong start to the season continues. They now move 3-1. and one. And then the next game what we want to focus on is the game I went to um, involving the Tennessee Titans travelling to the Indianapolis Colts as the Titans won this game 24-17. to 17. Now, for me personally, um, 30 shout-out to, to Mike and the boys. They took me under their wing in this game. Um, had a great time. The seats were amazing. Um, and the stage myself, I, I can recommend to anyone to go to this stage in because it is one of the best I've been to. I think all the ones so far have been brilliant, but this might be the best. Um, and of course, I'm a massive fan of Derrick Henry. And to see him score right by me, as well as have a great game overall, 114 yards, was really cool to see. And I think I'm a big fan of Mike Rabel as well. Um, so I think it was really cool to see that. Um, the game itself, I thought the Titans were probably the deserved winners. I thought Matt Ryan, even though he had a lot of yards passing-wise, he had a crazy amount of fumbles in this game. And he, did, he didn't exactly have the best game. I think this goes down to another issue we've got with the Colts is that I think they should change their model now. If they tried a few years with veteran, experienced veterans, they tried it with they had Bissett, then they had Carson or Philip Rivers, and then Carson Wentz, and now they've got Matt Ryan, and he hadn't exactly ever thought, like myself, that he would be the answer. The same as Carson Wentz last year. This one hasn't worked so far. Wentz didn't really work last year. Do you think it's time now for the Colts to change their whole quarterback model? Because it's clearly not working. Yeah, you know, I'm sure if they could go back in time, they would have just started fresh a couple of years ago and then they could have developed somebody by now. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I, always, I was joking on Twitter uh, last week and I was just like, well, so Ryan Tannehill's up up on deck for next season. Right. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be connecting. Matt Ryan is, uh, you, you know, people were just were thought it was the Fat Falcons potentially last year. We did see a little bit of drop off in play and that that's continued this season. You know, he he had a decent fantasy day yesterday, actually, but, you know, he's been very turnover prone. He's been very inconsistent. He's just not the same level of passer that he used to be. Um, and it, to the detriment of a lot of the uh, the Colts offense, you know, the jo- jo- people are able to focus on Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't had much success yet this season. Um, and then uh, Michael Pittman, of course, I, I was really a high on Michael Pittman before the season, and he's been a little inconsistent as well. He did, he uh, was, I believe, uh, second. He, he tied it with Alec Pierce with targets, but he was only able to uh, haul in two for 31 yards. So, you know, that's a tough stat line, especially if you drafted him in that late second or early third round turn in fantasy drafts. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm moving Jonathan Taylor just a little bit down my ranks. I have him uh, behind Nick Chubb. Um, Saquon Barkley this week and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I still have him as the RB4, but you know if these uh, performances continue, I'm going to keep moving him down. Uh, it's great to see Derrick Henry get a little active in the passing game as well. Um, we you know we saw a little bit little of a slow start to the year, but he's rounding into form. And I you know I would put him, I would be it's hard to you know if I was dra- you know drafting today and uh, you know there's some great uh, best ball drafts out there and everything that are starting uh, that are actually doing like little mid season startups. So if you're going to do a draft or something like that, I would certainly take Derek Henry, maybe over Jonathan Taylor. It's a, uh, it's tough to trust him for these next couple of weeks going forward. But if, Hey, you know what? It's a great buy low opportunity too. If you're one of those players. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Traylon Burks did go down with an injury as well. I believe it was turf toe. So he will be missing a little bit of time. So you can give Robert Woods a little bit of a bump as well. Yeah. I'm watching this game. I mean, I, Apart from me, they had this good run early in the game, Taylor. But apart from that, I don't think I saw him do anything in this game. I think he, this is my issue with 
I think, not recently biased, but I remember there was a great debate actually on a channel called Bailey Sports, where they were saying who's the best running back out of Derrick Henry and Taylor. And I was firmly in the in the belief of Henry because Taylor had the best season last season by a mile. Uh, but Henry would have beaten him if it wasn't for his injury. He had, um, you know, if, he's, if he played the whole year, he, he'd have more yards and more touchdowns projected than Taylor. So I think people, whilst they were in their right to have called him the best in the league because he had such a good year last year, it was just one year. And Henry's proved it year after year after year why he's the best running back in the league, in my opinion. I think that there's no one like him in the league. He's built like a linebacker and he just he's just absolutely dominant. And watching him in this game especially um, showed exactly why. Because I've never seen him play before. So it was just seeing him in the flesh was just um, was absolutely spectacular. So, and yeah, I, I just think that maybe the, the Colts, I don't think they should tank because that division is well, wide open. I think if it was any other division, they maybe should tank for a good quarterback. I think there's you know, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud next year coming out of the draft. So I think, you know, they could easily do that, but then I still think they can go and win the division. So I don't know where the Colts go from here, Matt Ryan. But I do think Matt Ryan, though, I think regardless of what happens, he should stay because I think if you're a young professional, if you're a young quarterback coming out of college, there are many professionals to learn from than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, for all his faults these days on the field, off the field, he's still a great guy to be around. I think he can really help develop the same way as Alex Smith did with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Flacco with Lamar Jackson, and what Fitzpatrick has done with Tua. I do think that he could be that great figure, have the guy sit for a year or two, you know, have Matt Ryan still play, because he still, as with Quentin Nelson, who I think is the best lineman in the league, he can still do something. Um, but I think if you've got Matt Ryan to learn from, I think you're in a really good position come your second or third or fourth year when you finally make the jump to start it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting that they, you know, that they've kept doing this one like, you know, little fill in gap starter. And it just, yeah, it just hasn't worked out. Philip Rivers, you know, I'm sure they would have liked to have Philip Rivers back last season, but he decided to retire. Obviously, Carson Wentz, you know, had his moments last year. I think before that final disaster stretch, people were actually pretty happy with Carson Wentz. So, you know, he was inconsistent. You know, he did some Carson Wentz things. You know, he loves just throw the ball to the other team sometimes. But he did, you know, until that disaster stretch, we, we you know, we were, I remember writing an article like, man, Carson Wentz, he, he's pretty good. And then uh, the wheels fell off, of course, and he had that disaster game to miss the the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that was tough. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm just not sure. Yeah, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, obviously the Colts, I don't think that they're going to end up with a top five or top ten pick. So there might be, a, you know, you might see a rookie sit behind Matt Ryan for a bit, but I'm not sure Matt Ryan will have too long of a leash at this point. So. Oh, you know, hopefully they get a, uh, you know, hopefully either Matt Ryan improves or that, you know, they get a quarterback in there, but I'm certainly not willing to write Matt Ryan completely off yet. Um, he, you know, he was able to, he, you know, he did have 356 yards passing yesterday. So, and you know, that was obviously a negative game script, but you know, for fantasy, you know, that doesn't matter for us. So, you know, he, the Colts probably will be playing behind in a lot of games. So they'll be flinging around that football a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think they could, maybe they could even trade for quarterback. I think maybe they could use, I don't know, a certain player will give them two, two, two only a first and a second for a first. I don't know, it depends on what happens. But I think if they've got maybe the 11th or 12th pick, maybe if there's, you know, it's lots of things that need callbacks, maybe they'll try and trade up. But that's a long way to go. We don't know what's going to happen come April, March next year. Um, other games, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars were sent back down to earth as they ended up losing to the Philadelphia Eagles, who remain 
the only unbeaten team in the NFL as they won 29-21. Kenny Pickett um, got his time to shine and I think he's now going to be the starter from now on. But they did lose 24-20 to to the Jets as he threw three interceptions. The Los Angeles Chargers were back to winning ways with a 34-24 to win over the Houston Texans. The Arizona Cardinals also back to winning ways with a 26-16 win over the Carolina Panthers. And then the next game we want to focus on is the Buffalo Bills, who came back to win this game 23-20. to It's another collapse for the Ravens, and that's really where I want to go with this, because obviously ourselves, we came back from three touchdowns down in the game in Week 2. The Bills, I believe, were 23 to down at one point, they were saying in the stadium. And it's a worry, because the Ravens have, um, looking at they have the third-worst total yards per game allowed, the passing yards is where it really has been bad for the Ravens. Looking at the stats now, they have allowed for already in four games over a thousand yards, so one thousand two hundred and sixty-one yards, which is the worst record in the entire league. And of course, they've already collapsed in the two weeks out of the four. What's happening with the Ravens? Because I had them down as one of the favourites to win the AFC. I had them down as losing to the Bills in the championship game. You know, Lamar Jackson, I thought, was an MVP candidate, and he's still doing well on offense. But on defense, they're really, you know, they have all the players, they had all these injuries last year, but this year the players are back. We saw, I think it was Marlon Humphrey had an altercation with John Harbaugh on the touchline. What's going on with the Ravens, and how is that happening that they're giving up so many points and, and giving up so many games where they seem to be destined to win? Uh, yeah, the you know the Ravens, uh, you know the Ravens secondary ranks as one of the worst in the league right now. So, um, you know, obviously opposing offenses are going to have a easy, you know, they're having an easy time going against them. You know, the Ravens are always pretty good, so that kind of lines them up to have a, always a pretty good schedule too. So they got some tough teams lined up. You know, the AFC North is always going to have have some tough matchups. So it's you know obviously maybe it's a little bit easier this year, uh, but uh, you know yeah, it's just uh, it's tough on their secondary at the moment. So, you know, and it puts the, a lot of pressure on their offense, which wasn't able to deliver yesterday. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman has been a little bit inconsistent. Now he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. So it's really, it, no, nobody's really emerging uh, outside of Mark Andrews too. So, you know, obviously, you know, I, I do a lot of fantasy football. So, uh, you know, obviously my analysis is always a little bit more centered on the offense. So, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to take a, a full look at their defense yet this year, but I know that, uh, you know, so, it, but they do rank as one of the worst in the league. They're always going to be in, you know, if the, the opposing quarterback's a great quarterback, he's probably going to be able to take advantage. So you can assume that these games are going to get in that 25 plus point range. So it'll depend on Lamar Jackson trying to keep up a little bit. And I just worry that when you have Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson as your only reliable options at receiver um, outside of Rashad Bateman, who's been a little bit inconsistent, Mark Andrews is fantastic, but if teams are able to center in on him, I just worry that uh, this offense won't be quite as good either. Um, but it was a positive to see J.K. Dobbins back yesterday. Uh, you know, he he nothing too significant outside those uh, two touchdown passes, but um, he did he did catch some passes as well, which is something that he was, didn't do much in his 2020 run. So that was nice to see. So I do actually expect um, Lamar Jackson to start throwing a little bit less as uh, J.K. Dobbins gets back into health here. You know, this is how that's how traditionally the Ravens offense is run with Lamar Jackson outside of when uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards have been injured these last this last year. Or so 
I think they're going to, you know, especially with not with, with their lack of depth of wide receiver. I think still, I think they're going to try to slow the game down for their defense. Um, try to keep this as low, keep a little bit more low scoring, so uh, their defense can rest up a little bit. Because right now it's a little, it's a little bit, you know, the offense is performing well, but yeah, it just won't be enough to keep up with that, how bad their defense is playing. Yeah, and I think they play the Bengals next as well. And I think that the Bengals had a really bad start to the year, but they have now got it back to two and two, and they look to be, you know, the offensive line seems to be finally um, doing a business for them. So I think that's a huge game in terms of the AFC North, which I think now is really wide open because the Browns have done really well without Sean Watson. Um, and I think the Steelers, they're probably the one team that won't challenge. But I think this could be a three-way race for that AFC North. Um, but the Bills, on the other hand, of course, they lost to the Dolphins in week three. Back to winning ways. They could have easily been two and two. That could have been a horrible loss. At one point, it was looking like it's going to be a disaster show for them. But they came back and won the game. Obviously, everyone has them down as the AFC favourites. They did before the season starts. And I think certainly now, for me personally, that comeback for me shows great lot of character they've had in with getting this win. I think it really shows for me that they are just they have the players, not only the players, but also the mentality to win any game, no matter how far they're down. And I do think they would have won the game against ourselves if it wasn't for that missed field goal. So I think the Bills, for me, have shown in this game why they are the AFC favourites, in, in my eyes. Maybe Super Bowl favourites, in my eyes. Um, in terms of the other games that went on, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders um, got a win of uh, their first one of the year as they now go at 1-3 and three, as they beat the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson 32-23. to 23. Now, um, our penultimate game we're going to focus on is the game in Green Bay as the Packers won in overtime over the New England Patriots, a 27-24 win uh, with, obviously, Mac Jones already out during the game, before the game. Um, their backup, Brian Hoyer, also went out. So, Bailey Zapp came in and he had a really good game. And I think, um, looking at, looking at the stats open now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers had the most yards, was 251 uh, but looking at the um, passing yards, Baby Zap had um, only only 99 yards, only from t- 15 passes and one touchdown. But for me, he looked really comfortable, and they gave the Patriots a really good, um, sorry, the Packers a really good show. Yeah, you know, I almost think that that might be because of I, I fear that that might be because of the Packers. <laughs> uh, I. Uh... The Packers are struggling right now. You know, hey, I, I hope Zap has a great week this week. I'm not sure. I haven't looked uh, yet at, at the Hoyer Zap situation. I don't know. You know, it's funny as I keep all the commentators, and I heard even uh, I think uh, I heard somebody on a big pod fans football podcast. They're calling him Zappy. Is it Zap? I'm not sure. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I didn't call- hear the commentary when I was watching it. I was watching it Zap- in a bar, and it. Um, well, it's one of those. I don't know. It's uh, the, the commentators on, on the broadcast were calling him Zappy. Uh, Zap is a little sounds a little, little has a little better, stronger name to, to it to me. So, uh, but either way, uh, you know, I I'm not sure whether it'll be him or Hoyer this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, just the Packers are a little bit of a mess right now. Um, like Aaron Rodgers said, this this way of winning isn't sustainable. They are putting a lot of pressure on their defense. Uh, it's just it's a, it's the receiving court. Is, is tough. tough. It's uh, Alan Lazard. It's Romeo Dubs. It's Christian Watson. You know, ideally, I don't think you would want to depend on Romeo Dubs or Christian Dub, uh, Watson as your wide receiver two or three. Alan Lazard has a chemistry with him. Um, and, you know, and he had his first big game. I was big on Alan Lazard before the year. He's been slightly disappointed. You know, he missed, he missed some time due to injury. 
Then he was slow kind of coming back these last couple of weeks, kind of just catching a single touchdown pass and not doing that much else. But it was nice to see um, him develop a little bit of chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, kind of continue that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And I think he will be the wide receiver one for the Packers going forward. Uh, Aaron Jones, great game. You know, I think, you know, you can fire him up as an RB1 just because the Packers don't have much else. They're going to rely on him in the receiving game as well. He's not cut. Uh, catching quite as many passes as I thought he would. Um, you know, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers would lead on him a little bit more in the passing game, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. A.J. Dillon's a low-end RB2. He's going to have a higher workload just because the Packers are going to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL right now. And then, uh, yeah, you know, um, well, obviously the Patriots are hoping Mac Jones comes back. Um, the offense, uh, you know, like I said, the offense, I thought looked a little, you know, for a third-string quarterback, I thought he looked good. But obviously I think – uh, the offense was struggling just a bit. Um, it was nice to see they put up 24 points, though. Um, Ramondi Stevenson um, getting a lot of work in that passing game. It's it's a running back committee there, but uh, Stevenson's getting that uh, receiving work. And it would be my preference over Damian Harris just because uh, Damian Harris's day was saved by a touchdown a little bit. Um, Devontae Parker is obviously the wide receiver to own in this uh, in this room, and uh, but you know he's hard. He any of these Patriots wide receivers would be hard to depend on until Mac Jones comes back. Yeah, I do agree with that completely. And I've just avoided completely... I've stayed away completely from Patriots receivers this year because you don't know really how they're going to perform. Um, we've got a very short time left, but before we go, um, of course, the game that happened last night was involving the Rams and the Niners. And the Rams once again lost to the Niners in the regular season. I think that's seven straight regular season games they've now lost to the 49ers as the 49ers won impressively 24 points to nine. But of course, the game that obviously... Emerson would want to focus on a lot is <laughs> his team, the Kansas City Chiefs, as they ended up winning in Tampa Bay by 41 points to 31. It was a impressive performance from both offenses. Tom Brady had the most yards with 385 yards, but Mahomes stole the show with a brilliant pass, particularly in this game. Um, and he's running towards the end zone. Can't think now he received the ball, but um, yeah, one of the best passes of the whole year. Um, Clyde. It was, it was Clyde, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so as a Chiefs fan, obviously you must have watched this game. Um, what are your thoughts on how this game went, but also how the season's gone so far for your team? Um, yeah, you know, it just hurts that that Indianapolis loss uh, last week. It just, you know, we had that game. It was just special teams or was just a disaster that day. Um, and we just had some mental lapses. Travis Kelsey dropped a big touchdown pass that would have won the game, so. We bounced back this week. It was good to see the offense get back on track after two weeks of underperforming. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think, I think had the best performance just because of, uh, you know, you think of the degree of difficulty playing the Tampa Bay defense versus the Kansas City Chief defense. I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes had the most tougher job and he was very successful. Um, obviously, uh, the Chiefs were able to get something going in the running game, which they haven't a lot in the last couple of years. Clyde Edwards looked great. He's been, he's scored, been scoring touchdowns, two touchdowns this past week. Um, and even Isaiah Pacheco, um, you know, I thought he looked extremely explosive in his 11 carries. You know, he was just bouncing off defenders, continually getting yards uh, after contact. Uh, you know, with Clyde being injured, Clyde's playing well. You know, there's no reason to, um, you know, really lessen Clyde's workload. But um, Pacheco's certainly learned playing time. Uh, McKinnon was clearly the third back. And I think, uh, you know, just with Clyde being injury prone, uh, Isaiah Pacheco is a super interesting player because I think he could be extremely successful if given uh, the starting running back. Um, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey had a great game, nine catches, uh, 92 yards, you know, that he's going to be have, he's going to be the, uh, just probably the locked in 
uh, wide receiver one for the Kansas City Chiefs, you might say, for the rest of the year. Juju Smith Schuster had a little bit of success. Marquez Valdez Scanling had some big, uh, some you know, plays here and there. Um, I think, it, yeah, this is what you'll see from the wide receiver room, pretty spread out. Um, it'll be hard. Uh, you know, these guys, uh, they'll have some spike weeks, but for fantasy's sake, um, they're not uh, high end uh, starters at this point. So, yeah, I'd like to see the Chiefs get back on track. Like I said, our defense, uh, in it, I thought we, we it played good for moments. It, it, it got us out to a good lead. And, of course, that when, when Tom Brady was just flinging around the football trying to catch up, uh, you know, they gave up a lot of yards and, and scores. So, um, you know, I think that'll be the case most of the week. So that'll keep uh, the Chiefs, you know, throwing the ball a lot. Um, obviously, you know, this – you know, it was good to see all the weapons get back for Tom Brady. Obviously, that was certainly part of it as well. Mike Evans was fantastic. Chris Godwin, you know, um, I would say this is a positive for Chris Godwin. I know he only caught uh, had 59 yards on seven catches, but, you know, just being that involved that early after an injury, um, I think that was positive. See, I hope, you know, that he, he had an, uh, another, he had a couple, uh, he came off the field a couple times due to injuries in that game. So, you know, hope he's okay for this week. Uh, you know, Julio, you know, Julio Jones is fading, you know, it's, he's just not a huge part of the offense when these guys are uh, available. Leonard Fournette, you know, tough game for him yesterday, also kind of saved by a touchdown pass. He did end up catching seven passes for 57 yards, which is good for PPR leagues. But um, it, Rashad White was also very good. So we might see a little bit more Rashad White going forward as well. Fantastic, fantastic. But that is the end of our podcast. But before we do go, obviously, we will, we will put your social media details when we do tweet out the episode. But what can we look forward to um, from your work coming up the next few days and few weeks? Um, yeah, so I do. Uh, I'm an assistant editor editor at SGPN, and I have my uh, at Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and uh, you can find that at sportsgamblingpodcastnetwork.com. I do rankings, I do some articles over there. I do a podcast every Friday morning featuring underdog best ball and underdog DFS. I also write a weekly article for Five Yard Rush covering uh, my dynasty risers and fallers that will come out tomorrow. And then I also do a weekly uh, article for uh, the Fantasy Coaches podcast on some of the biggest storylines that will probably come out a little bit later today. And oh, you can also find me on Twitter at the uh, at Dynasty underscore analyst. Fantastic. So do check that out if you are interested in fantasy and all that jazz that comes with it. So this has been the Across the Board podcast as part of the Say It Again Network. I've been Andy. This has been Emerson. And we will catch you guys for our week five preview. Take care.